to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, Parables and Object Lessons, you'll learn how and why Jesus used the physical world to introduce the spiritual world to his disciples and how the laws of nature relate to the Bible. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Now here's Rich and Susan with Solutions for Freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello everyone, my name is Rich Kallenberg. And my name is Susan Kallenberg. And welcome once again to Freedom to Choose. And uh, we're doing a new series, Parables and Object Lessons. And if, if it's program number two for your scorecard, if you want to refer back to this program, it would be Parables and Object Lessons, program number two. And you know, it's interesting. I was listening to the opener and it says to find freedom. You know, that's our, our goal is, as we do these radio programs, is to communicate to people that are listening that there's freedom from the things that um, um, have us in bondage. And so no greater way than to look at the truth, uh-huh. you know, which is embodied in Christ's life right. because the truth will set you free. Yeah. I remember he said that to the Pharisees and mm-hmm. they said, uh, we, we're never been in bondage to anyone. Right. And, and he said, no, oh, you Who's, who's in bondage to sin, which is, you know... This, all of us, and yeah. all of us have something that we're in bondage to, and I think that um, coming to an awareness that, of that fact and being willing to be totally honest yeah. about who we are and where we're at and the issues that we have and, and just um, having that open open enough heart to come to the one who can rescue us. Yeah, Christ, he can't go deep unless you tell him where it hurts. Right. And it, you got to be open and honest about that with yourself. It's not everybody else's fault. Right. And, you know, it could be big things in life or it could be little just the little thing. things that, yeah. that really, you know, it could be the things that go on, on that we, that the trains of thought that we have in our minds mm-hmm. or, yeah. or whatever it may be, you yeah. know. Yeah. Certain things that kick other things off just by, by our bad thinking patterns. Or Absolutely. Uh, you want to start with a word of prayer, Susan? Yes. Um, our loving Father in heaven, once again, we thank you for the um, privilege we have to um, to just be able to read and to to look and to speak and to communicate regarding your your wonderful character. And we know that by beholding, we become changed. And Lord, that's our desire for everyone um, and for ourselves that we would be changed more and more into your likeness. And we thank you for that promise that you um, do, will do and will finish the good work in us. And uh, we praise you in all these things, Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, on the first, these first couple of programs, uh, I'd like to give a couple of definitions because the title of the program is Parables and Object Lessons. And of course, Words are symbols of ideas, and so, Susan, what is a parable? Okay, a parable is a simple story used to illustrate a moral or a spiritual lesson, and uh, an example is how Jesus told stories in the Gospels. Okay, yeah, like, uh, and, and you know, the parable of the prodigal son. Right. Right? Right. Things like that. Yeah, okay. And then what's an object lesson? An object lesson is um, 
a practical example of some principle or ideal. Okay, like the way Jesus treated the woman caught in adultery is an object lesson to us about how we should treat others. Right. Right? Right. Okay, and just for fun, what's a metaphor? Because they're all three kind of tied together, Mm -hmm. you know. A metaphor is a figure of speech in which a word or phrase is applied to an object or action to which it's not literally applicable. And I know you told me on last program I wasn't playing with a full deck. Well, I I was just kind of going along with your train of thought that you had expressed. (laughs) Like I got off on the wrong floor or or I got one wheel in the sand or the belt ain't going through all the loops. We kind of get the picture, right? Right. But don't look for a belt or a wheel in the sand or an elevator or a deck of cards. Right. Or if you tell somebody I'm all tied up, it doesn't literally mean that you're tied up. It's just a metaphor for the circumstances. And and, and they're they're really... uh, Valuable. I mean, they tell good word pictures, you know, and uh, and people get it and understand, get on the same page when we use metaphors. Right. And when we're working with people, whether, um, you know, it doesn't matter where it's at, it's just a real simple way to teach principles. And that's why Jesus did it throughout his whole life. He went through and he told parables and, mm-hmm. and spoken metaphors and trying to help us to, you know, we talked about it in the last program, trying to take simple things that we understand as an on an earthly basis and then apply them to a spiritual yeah to link us with heaven correct well yeah right yeah and you know these parables i notice as i look through them and i look at the life of jesus you know jesus said if you've seen me you've seen the father and these parables and the stories that he told they always make god look good and i think that that was the biggest um change in our life as as Christians as we continue to grow in this new life was to really have a um, a better look at who God is through yeah. the life of Jesus and it just is a real powerful can have a real powerful transformation on your heart yeah. if you can connect those two you know if it was Jesus washing the feet of the disciples, he says, if you see him, you've seen the Father. So that means that God the Father mm. would have knelt down and washed the disciples' feet. Yeah, it's just the little things. I mean, like like when he raises Jerry's daughter, and instead of taking a victory lap, he says, get her something to eat. The little girl's hungry. Right. You know, that kind of right. stuff just blows my mind about the way Jesus operated, the way he acted. Mm-hmm. It's just so gracious, so tender, so sympathetic, so kind. So in such a desire to heal and to bring people to back to a wholeness, yeah. right? To yeah. back to resur- uh, restoration. Okay, so this program today is going to be based on Matthew 13, 1 through 9, and Matthew 13, 18 through 23, and Luke 4, 1 through 20, and Luke, 4, uh, Luke 8, 4 through 15. And I'm not sure we're going to get through all of it today, so we'll pick up uh, on our next program what we don't accomplish today on the sower and the seed. And, you know, by the parable of the sower, Christ illustrates the things of the kingdom of heaven and the work of the great husbandman for his people. Like a sower in the field, he came to scatter the heavenly grain of truth. And his parable teaching itself was the seed with which the truths of his grace were sown. That's right. From the natural seed cast into the soil, Christ desires to lead our minds to the gospel seed, the sowing of which results in bringing man back to his loyalty. And, you know, I had put a note 
and to ask you, so it's the gospel seed. What is the gospel? What is the gospel? What's the gospel? Well, you know, God, if you look at him as the great physician, which he is titled, um, he's never lost a patient that's trusted him. Mm -hmm. Because we haven't been loyal to God. We've broken our relationship with him. And on that basis, you know, we've been, and the more we break our relationship with him, the more fearful we get, and then we act out in selfishness, and we harm other people in trying to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that drives us farther and farther away from God with guilt and shame. And then, of course, we... There's that that great gap between us. So then we project our feelings about ourselves onto God and say, I hate myself, therefore God hates me. Mm -hmm. And so we get, yes, then that gap, we get get farther and farther away. And so uh, the gospel basically is God restoring that infection of fear. John 3.16 literally reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son so that whosoever trusts and continues trusting in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And you see the contrast, perishing or everlasting life, by trusting our lives to him. In other words, not letting ourselves get so wrapped up in stuff in, in such pro- self-protection mode. Mm-hmm. or it, not, it doesn't have to be in self-protection mode. It just has, we're just going, going, going. And when we're doing that, we're not connected with God, and we're running on our own power. Right. I think it's like a form of of self sufficiency. You know, if it's not, um, if it's not in fear of God, it's definitely in fear of um, how God's not going not to gonna take, take care it. Yeah, of us. Yeah. Right? In our, yeah. And you said something before the program. I just about came out of my chair. She said, "In our minds, the devil has made God look bad and us look good." And it's the opposite. See, right. So we have like we have a lot of self reliance. Yes. Our life, right. Yeah. Yeah. If I look at myself compared to other people, I, I don't look too bad. Right. See, but that's why I don't want to have my eyes on Jesus and on God because compared to them, I got a lot of issues. Right. See, so if I keep my eyes on Jesus, I can see the quote unquote fetching up that needs to happen to me. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know what I'm saying, and and. It, 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 when I look at that and my mind is blown, it gives me a desire to want to change. Mm-hmm. But if I've got my eyes on a bunch of other stuff, mm-hmm. my desire to change and become a better person is going to be warped. Oh, well, and it's going to be warped. It'll into actually be warped. Else. Yeah, right. yeah, it'll actually be warped. It, you know, and so you know, Jesus, the one who gave the parable of the tiny seed, is the God of heaven, of course. And the same laws that govern the earthly seed sowing govern the sowing of the seeds of truth. Right. And so in this parable, the crowd had gathered to see and to hear Jesus. There were sick that were there. They were lying on their mats waiting to present their cases to him. It was Christ's one desire to heal the, the, the miseries of the sinful race. And he so now rebuked disease and diffused life and health and peace. You know, and you can just see how they flocked to him as he brought a whole different dynamic to the human condition mm-hmm. as he's diffusing um, life, right. healing, peace, and people are, are being healed, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and he said, so, so they're all there, 
and they can all relate to this. I can just imagine him looking off at the hillside as as people are as right, the because farmers was, are right. Take, it was an agricultural agri- yeah agricultural community. So I can imagine him just looking off and pointing and and why somebody was sowing seeds afar off and saying, "Behold, the sower went forth to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them." And some fell up on stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, but they had no deepness of earth, and when the sun was up they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up, and choked them, but others fell on good ground, and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. You know, the thing is, is Christ's mission was not understood by the people of his time. The way he came didn't line up with their expectations, and, and Jesus was the foundation of the whole Jewish economy, but they expected him to come in a way to, you know, just to turn their world upside down instead of turn their minds upside down. Yeah, you know? so when he's teaching this, so when he's looking off at somebody sowing seeds and he's teaching stuff like this, it's kind of, it's just a whole different dynamic they did they they're trying to wrap their minds no one has you know they they'd run back and say no one has ever taught like this person no one has ever and it was just it was just blowing their minds and so he's talking as he's talking about this sower went forth to sow um and i got to thinking earlier um and we were walking last night we were talking we were looking at our garden and mm. it's time to pull the which is weird because it's already middle of November. We really haven't had a freeze yet. Right. So we're still getting tomatoes. We're still getting which, tomatoes. Yeah. Oh, I just realized I just time stamped the program too, but that's, that's cool. all right. <laughs> um, yeah, but we still got, to, we're still getting tomatoes and stuff, but it's just about time to. The season is done and pull. it's time to, to get ready for the next. Yeah. The, the winter crop, right? Mm-hmm. And so we go to plant the winter crop. We're going to do certain things. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to everything make, needs to be everything's going to be pulled out, out cleaned and, up, right. irrigation checked, all that kind of stuff. And the, and the then, soil needs to be, you know, tended to to right. make sure that it's got enough of the of the, of goods, the goods in it. Right. Uh-huh. And then we'll plant. But then what do we do? Well, we, we we keep the weeds out. Mm-hmm. We got to water. We got to maybe even in the winter, maybe we don't have to water. Right. 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 And we watch and the growth. And we, we trust. We, we, yeah, we trust. But the growth is still a miracle. That's right. Right. And uh, we trust in the one that can make it grow. Yeah. Yeah. And then the life is in this dead seed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just kind of amazing. The life, I mean, I was dead. And when Jesus comes in and he springs life into you, you know, the life is just comes to life. We don't know how it happens. Right. We can't explain it, but it happens. Mm-hmm. And we don't, so you, you can watch it happen in, in, in an attic that becomes clean and sober. Something happens. Mm-hmm. And the and the tombstone eyes start to get a little glow of light in them, mm-hmm. and their language begins to change, and their their thoughts and their cares begin, and their desires begin to change. And the next thing you know, the guys that were, you know, you, you think might end up having to be on medication the rest of their lives, and they're homeless. The next thing you know, they're they're in their cleaned right up mind. in their right mind, just like right. the like the demoniac. Something happens, mm-hmm. and when we plant that seed in our garden. Something happens, mm-hmm. and that's that's the gospel seed that 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 gospel seed of love that God wants. You know, as why we're beholding Him, 
we see in his life and his example, and it plants something in our hearts. You know, have you ever had that like moment when you're walking along and you see things, something in a different light, yeah. maybe some truth about God? It's almost as though things become lighter and more crisp to yeah. the senses, whether it be sight or sound or whatever. And it's it's kind of like that veil like is Like a being, waking up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. See, and, and, and the Jews, they... Um, at the, the Jews of that day were um, were very religious, and they were into their ceremonies and their forms, but they had lost sight. And when the reality came in the person of Jesus, they didn't recognize him as the fulfillment. Jesus was the substance of all their shadows, you know. And they rejected him, and they clung to their types and their ceremonies. The the real Lamb came, Jesus. Right. right. But, he he came, but. They continued to ask for a sign. You know, yeah, he would, yeah. and, and the message, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And they answered by de- asking for demands. Yeah, they demanded for miracles. Miracle. Right? Yeah. And I, I wonder if we do that today. Do we, do we cling to our routine, our ceremonies? Do we demand miracles? Or, or, or are we, you know, are we really looking for a change of heart? Are we really looking for God to, to, um, to come in and and help us with the way we treat people. And, you know, uh, I know you're working with somebody mm-hmm. uh, that you're working through some stuff. Well, I know sometimes it's, you know, and you say, well, have you prayed about it? Yeah, I prayed, but nothing's changed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing is, is that we are in a battle. Mm-hmm. We're in a battle not only with our own minds and with people um in our lives, but we're definitely in the in the battle with um, you know a, a different realm that we can't see, uh, an evil spiritual realm, and so sometimes there are just bumps in the road of life, mm-hmm. and um, we don't know why or where they're coming from, and I guess maybe someday we will, but um, you know it's being able to hold on when the road gets rough and. And trusting that at some point it will smooth out, mm-hmm. and um, or, and and what is prayer for? Is prayer to connect? Is it's to connect us and to strengthen that relationship? Because bad things are going to happen; yeah. they just are. Yeah. And um, it's it's riding through those rough roads. Yeah, you know, there's no detour. You got to ride through the rough roads to get to the other side. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. With the Jews, the gospel of Christ was a stumbling block because they had demanded signs instead of a Savior. They didn't yeah. want a Savior. They expected the Messiah to, to prove his claims by feats of conquest and to establish a, his empire on the, on, the, on the ruins of the earthly kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Christ answered this expectation in the parable of the sower, not by force or with weapons, and not by violent interposition was the kingdom of God to prevail but by the implanting of a new principle in the hearts of humankind. That's amazing. And, you know, this is the key. You know, Jesus is not here to do tricks for us. He's not here at our command. He's not here to make our lives easier, believe it or not. He's here to change our hearts so that the devil can't have any power over us. That's a transformation of our character. Not an, it's not a change in God's attitude towards us. And lots of times we're trying to do things to you know, run around doing things to change God's mind about us. You know, that's legalism, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we need to tell the doctor where it hurts. Right. And if you look at 
the book of Ecclesiastes, you look at Psalm 51, you look at these great men of prayer, what are they doing? What, I mean, you look at Elijah after he's, as he's hiding in the cave. You look at Job mm-hmm. after he's been, after the devil had his way with him. What are they doing? They're telling God where it hurts. Mm-hmm. Every one of them. Mm-hmm. And then Paul says, look at man, take this thorn out of my side, you know? And God said, I, you know, I, I just, I can't do it, you know? You're going to have to live with it, Paul. Well, and I think, too, in in, uh, Romans 6 and 7, how he's really struggling with his old nature. Even though he had, you know, made the commitment to be a new person, he was still struggling with those things. I don't know about you, but there's times where sometimes, you know, that struggle comes back. I know that that I have a struggle from the past decision. And sometimes it's from decisions that I make today that that may may harm somebody um, for my benefit. And... um, I think that 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 is is where um, you know we can still cause damage today. Just because we're Christian doesn't mean that we um, are free from um, the the trappings of this world. Oh yeah, no, I mean, you, and and the devil's working on our on our um, our weaknesses, right? You know, and he can present them to us. Um, at any time. That's right. And so um, Matthew uh, thirteen thirty seven says, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. So Christ ca- had come not as a king, but as a sower, not to overthrow kingdoms, but for the scattering of that seed. Right. Not to point his followers to earthly triumphs and national greatness, but to a harvest to be gathered after patient hard work and through losses and disappointments. Yeah, and so that kind of cuts it against the grain of the mission that they thought that he, you know, he came to do. Right. Um, you know, they, they, they got the, they got the meaning of it, mm-hmm. but they didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And the disciples themselves, they were in, they were interested, but they couldn't really figure it out. And, you know, Jesus came and he, and, and of course they came to him and they asked for an explanation, which he gives. Right. And yeah. I think that was his whole purpose. That was it. That was his desire. Right. He so wanted... that he, we, right, he doesn't want us to walk through this world in darkness. He wants us to have those questions. He wants us to come to his word and to be able to reason things through and in sincerity of heart to have an open heart right. and an open mind to say, hey, what I know is maybe yeah. not maybe what not is so. known. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What I, you know, and I, and I, if you think about it, what, what do we know about the the entire universe? I mean, what percentage? Point zero zero point zero 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 one. Right. You know. Okay. So can it? I've always thought of this. So in the in the other ninety nine point nine 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 percent of what I admit I know nothing about, can another opinion be in there? Right. Can another picture of God be in there? Right. Can can uh, can something else be in there that I? Because I just admit I don't know. Ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of right. what's going on in the universe. Can another? Can can truth be unfolding to the point where there's a picture of God there that just blows my mind every time it comes up? Can I lay aside that which I think I already know to uh, to to embrace a possibility of a God that is so incredibly loving and kind that He's going to blow my mind every time he opens his mouth or makes a move. Well, and it has to be because he's he's he infinity, right? He is love. And he is loving, and to approach love, you will never be able right. to. Right. 
it's going to be a constant right. aha moment. Right. Right. And are we able to um, to be, set ourselves right to in be that able posture? To, well, and that, and I think that has a lot to do with being able to say, "Hey, I was wrong." Yeah. And it's okay. It's okay. I think a lot of us get caught in a trap where we say, I've taught these this all my life, and I'm not willing to be open to yeah. any new yeah. things. Yeah, and, and so, you know, it takes an open heart, an open mind, you know, and, uh, and like uh, in recovery, we got to lay aside, I mean, lay aside that which we think we know, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. I was seldom right, but never in doubt, right? right. That's I spent... 41 years of my life being seldom right, but never in doubt. Right. You want to get a hold of us? www.justasiamministries.com. Drop us a line or give us a call at 916-645-1297. If we don't pick up, you can sit through the message and leave a message. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, possibly caught up in unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg, past addicts, are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison, please call 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.